BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. I am thrilled about our guest today. It is so, so cool that we were able to get TJ on the podcast. TJ is Vice President Joe Biden's press secretary. Whoa. I mean, I can't believe we get to talk to him today and learn all about what's going on right now. Because I don't know about you, but I mean, I follow it, you know, but I don't know as much as I should. I don't think any of us get as much information about what's going on in the world as we could because it's just scary and we don't want to know about it. But luckily we have TJ who's, you know, around my age and he breaks it down in a way that we could easily understand it. So I'm really excited about that. But before we get started, I'm just going to answer a few questions that you had submitted. One was... Someone said, would love a solo where you talk about green flags that you noticed about your current significant other on your first couple of dates, the way he acted, treated you, et cetera. Well, one thing that I noticed right off the bat from our first date is that he was really interested in getting to know me. He asked tons of questions and, you know, maybe that was just part of his game in the beginning, but I really liked the fact that he wasn't all about himself and like wanting to talk about himself the whole time. And he genuinely wanted to know like, you know, where I see myself in the future and like why I don't drink and what my last relationship was like and why it ended. And, you know, I think a lot of the time people are afraid to ask those kinds of questions, but it just, for me at least, it showed that he was genuinely um, interested in what I had to say. And I really appreciated that. Um, I also, let's see, he didn't like try to have sex too quickly. He was very respectful, almost to the point where I remember it was like after our third date, he walked me home and I made some comment like, oh, do you want to come up for tea? I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have slept with him, but I like had invited him up and he was like, no, Um, like, and and maybe, I don't know, maybe that was because he like wouldn't have been able to control himself, but I, I, it was like killing me. Like, I was like, why won't he come up? And I thought that was respectful. Whereas maybe in the past I might've seen, like saw that as like, oh, he doesn't want to come up. Like he doesn't like me, you know? But I think like looking back, I just, I know that it was like, now that I know him, that he was just being respectful. Uh, I think also like he, you know, he would answer calls from his sister or his mom when he was at my house and he'd be like, I'm at Lindsay's or at my apartment rather. And I thought that it was cool that they knew me. Like he didn't say like, I'm at a friend's or, you know, like he said, I'm at Lindsay's and 
then it made it clear to me that he had spoken about me before and that he'd mentioned me to them. Another thing was that he didn't open up so quickly, like right away. You know, he took time. And when he did, he like really did. And that that was when I knew it was like going to be something. And then another thing, I think I made it clear to him how much it meant to me when there were like planned dates and things ahead of time because I was so busy and remember being busy, TBD. And he respected that and he listened to that. And so then he planned dates and he would say like, are you free Wednesday? And then he would, you know, ask his friend where like, who knows, like some good restaurants where he could take me that like I haven't been. And he went above and beyond. And also he just like, he, he communicated well. Um, I made it clear what was important to me with communication and he stepped it up and did that for me. Another person wanted me to talk about your significant other not being able to provide for you. Uh, Like if you should get together with them and review costs of living. Someone, this same person said, "I, I would rather be alone than be in a marriage where I'm constantly worried about finances. Well, I don't think that there's a reason to worry, especially if you do sit down and like, review the cost of living and and do the whole spreadsheet thing. I personally would not want to rely solely on my partner to provide for me. And so instead of, you know, being worried about if they're going to be able to do that, I would want to contribute as well. But for some reason, if if that weren't the case, or if I was never going to like make as much, then I would want to be with someone who, you know, does provide for me. And I think it's so important to sit and talk about your finances. Like my partner and I, when we decided to move in together, we made our little Excel spreadsheet and we wrote all of the money that we have saved. And, you know, all all the monies were in the spreadsheet. And it was really cool because we were, you know, getting financially naked, as Shannon says in our financially naked episode, which you got to listen to. Could you elaborate more on the podcast, different reactions you got from friends when you told them you were sober? This is a good one. Um, I have a lot of friends who I don't want to say should be sober, but like, for example, smoke weed as much as I used to. And when I told those friends, there were mixed reactions. One friend was really supportive, like, oh, that's so great for you. You know, another friend, I remember she was like, well, if you have a problem, like, do I have a problem? And it wasn't, I mean, you're like, the whole point in being sober is like, it's your journey. So I was never going to be like, yeah, you do. You should be sober too. You know? So I was like, well, you know, if you, if it doesn't make you feel good anymore and, um, trying to like attract it, not like promote it, if that makes any sense. And then I had another friend who was like, what do you mean? You don't need to be sober. Like you don't have a problem. Like we just smoke like every now and then. And I was like, oh no, like you don't get it. Like I'm smoking all the time, you know, because this friend in particular, like she was able to turn it off. She was able to like be with her boyfriend and have a sleepover at her boyfriend's and not need to like smoke to go to bed. And I wasn't. So I think there was just like a miscommunication there. I don't think anyone like talks shit about my sobriety. I can't imagine that that happens. But I'm sure there are people who, you know, think that I'm take like being dramatic about it. You know, I was never like overtly out of control. So I think there are a lot of people who probably think it's unnecessary, Um, but I don't really care what they think. Uh, And like the, the good friends that I have are very supportive. I've become 
somewhat of a chef during quarantine. And if you're not already following me on Don't Expect Salads, you need to be immediately. But one thing that I'm just over is prepping for the meal. Like it'd be so much easier if I didn't have to do all the prep work and just could cook or, you know, heat something up. And I'm so grateful that I found Daily Harvest for just that reason. If you haven't already heard about Daily Harvest, it's a lifesaver. Basically, they help you stock your home with clean and delicious food. And it's built on real fruits and vegetables. And um, they have like ice cream. They now have flatbreads. It's, It's amazing. I'm a big smoothie person. So... I really love their smoothies, but they also have like an artichoke and spinach flatbread. They have like an oats bowl with blueberries and raspberries and mulberries and dragon fruit. And like, I'd never had dragon fruit before I ate that bowl. Like that was like really amazing. I feel like I'm superhuman after eating it. I swear to God. But it's really amazing. And if you're on the go, if like, you know, you're traveling locally and you still want to maintain like your health it's perfect for that reason as well. Um, so again, my favorite is the oat bowl and the artichoke and spinach flatbread, but they also have really great smoothies. They've got a strawberry and peach smoothie. They've got ice cream too. Did I mention that? Ice cream, which is amazing. And it's plant-based ice cream. So you don't have to worry about breaking out after eating it. So I want you guys to be able to try Daily Harvest and tell me what you think. All you have to do is go to dailyharvest.com. And if you enter promo code ACME, you'll actually get $25 off your first box, which is pretty cool. So promo code is ACME. You get $25 off your first box. Go to dailyharvest.com. Again, that's dailyharvest.com and you can enter promo code ACME. Let me know what you think. I would start with a smoothie and maybe some ice cream because you can't really go wrong with that. But let me know. I noticed you shared your first text with your boyfriend and you asked him out to drinks. Do you think it's okay to do that when you don't drink? Uh, Yeah, I did because I was planning on telling him before the first date that I didn't drink. I don't know why I even said, do you want to grab a drink sometime? To me, I think it just sounded more casual than do you want to hang out sometime or go out sometime? I don't know. I think it was just like a weird insecurity thing where it sounded less intense for me to ask him to grab a drink. What was your friend's reaction to you and your boyfriend dating since she's friends with both of you? So this is my friend who is the reason that we, you know, both... uh, Sorry, my dog just jumped up here. If you can hear him. This is my friend who went to high school with my boyfriend. Um, what was her reaction? She was very supportive. She like had no idea what to expect. Like she didn't know if it was going to be something or not. And I didn't either. I remember saying to her like, you know, he's great, but like, who knows? Like, I don't even know him, you know, like I'm getting excited, but like, I don't even know him. Like we could not get along. And then obviously we did. And, you know, she's very supportive of it. I think, you know, it's exciting when like two people that you know get together. And I think she wasn't as close with him anymore. And now she gets to spend more time with him. So I think if anything, it's a positive thing for everyone involved. If you had a bachelorette party, what would you do for it? I mean, if there wasn't coronavirus, I'd probably go to Miami and have fun and enjoy and party because you can totally party without drinking, especially when you're in Miami. Um, or maybe I'd like go somewhere and get like a 
big Airbnb with all my girlfriends and my gays and just like laugh all weekend. Do you want to get married in New York City or destination? I don't know. I always thought destination, but I feel like marriage, and I hate to say this, is like a big ma- like a big wedding is becoming like a thing of the past with the way the world is now. So I would maybe say to be safe uh, locally. I don't know. Like I, I really have no idea how to answer that one. Um, and there was one more. Okay. My dog has left us. There is one more that I wanted to answer. So many people are like, do a solo with your boyfriend. Like as if, oh, expectations in a relationship when it's not defined yet. It's really hard because you can't have expectations then. But I would say you should be treated very well. You should be texted every day. They should be consistently making plans with you and not just to come over and hang out. And it should be progressing. Like they should be opening up more and they should be, uh, you know, giving you words of affirmation if that's something that they're capable of. And you should be really learning about them and you should be meeting their friends. And it, that's the kind of thing that should be happening when you're not defined. It should be on the road to being defined. And if you're kind of in the same place as you were when it started, it doesn't seem like that's, uh, that's happening. And that's it because I really, really want TJ to be able to have the floor. And um, I think it was a really interesting interview and I hope you enjoy. Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. What an exciting episode we have today. We've got the National Press Secretary for Vice President Biden and, you know, hopefully our future president. Um, Hey, TJ Ducklow. Hello. Thank you for having me. Thanks for being here. I will second, hopefully, our future president. I'm in for that. Okay, good. Um, (laughs) So we'll start with some of the basics and then we'll just get right into it. How old are you and where are you from? Sure. Uh, I'm 31. I am from Nashville, Tennessee. Currently uh, sort of living in Philadelphia. That's where Biden campaign headquarters uh, at least was until we sort of all went virtual in March because of the coronavirus. Mm -hmm. But have lived in New York, have lived in Washington as well. Um, And and we are 90 days here away from uh, election day and working toward uh, doing everything we can to elect Joe Biden. Yeah, love it. And what is just because, you know, we're a dating podcast, what is your current relationship <laughs> status? Uh, it is single. And I, I have to tell you, it's that's the first time uh, I have done an interview for this campaign. And someone has asked me what my uh, relationship <laughs> status is. So uh, it is it is it is indeed single. <laughs> I'm surprised more people don't care. Um, that's cool. And obviously you don't have time to be dating right now. Is there any intermingling in, um, you know, the campaign? Uh, I mean, look, I I think that, I mean, one of the great things about working on a campaign and one of the things I miss the most because of, uh, because of COVID and because we're all separated and because we're all in our own houses and working on this campaign is, is the camaraderie certainly with, everybody else. Um, you know, you've got, you know, a group of really smart, dedicated, passionate people, all of whom were doing interesting things before they joined the campaign, all sort of brought together, all of whom obviously share an interest in politics, but, uh, you know, share a passion for electing Joe Biden. And it's been an awesome experience getting to know them. So that's, I mean, that has been one of the, that isn't one of the things that I think that me and my, my, 
uh, colleagues miss the most is just being able to work really hard, but but have that sort of support together and being able to do it all together and under one roof. And you know, you work really hard. You can go out and have a drink after work, and it you know doesn't seem as stressful or as anxious as it maybe did earlier in the day. Like that part of the campaign trail is gone, which is not great. But you know, we are we are working really hard to elect Joe Biden so we can actually do something about this virus. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to get into, you know, more questions about the election for our listeners who might not be, you know, up to speed. But before that, I mean, you have such an incredibly high profile, you know, job right now that so many people I'm sure would love to have. And you're, you know, I'm 29. You're just two years older than me. Um, How did you get to where you were? And like, for people listening who would like to get involved in politics and might have just graduated college, like, what did the path look like? Yeah, that's a great question. So before I was on the vice president's campaign, I, I lived in New York and worked for NBC News and had worked for a couple different um, media outlets. And you know, my path, I think, to the campaign and to politics is different than a lot of people. I, I, a lot of people's paths, um, which is fine. That's sort of the beauty of working on a campaign is that you know there are a lot of different experiences that might be important or relevant. Or, and, and it could be it could help you contribute to everything to what we're doing and to our goal, which is just getting you know the vice president elected to be the 46th president. You know, mine was through media, and mine was through sort of the you know public relations world in uh, at NBC News and at Bloomberg News and others other places. But a lot of people, I would say to to young people who want to get involved, is um, don't be afraid to 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 volunteer right away. Don't be afraid to walk in the door and say what needs to be done right now. I will do it because that's, I mean, that is, that is what is so great about a campaign. There is so much work to do. There is always more to do and there's never enough people to do it. It doesn't matter how many people we, ha- we end up continuing to build our team and expand. There's always more to do. So if you're young and if you are passionate and you want to be involved and you want to help make a difference, go to a campaign. It doesn't have to be a presidential campaign. Go to a, go to a congressional campaign, go to a Senate campaign and just say like, what can I do right now um, to help? What, you know, can I make calls? Can I send texts? Can I set up virtual events? Because everything is virtual right now. And before I forget, I have to, to your specific question on what folks can do right now to get involved. If you text ACME, A-C-M-E, to 30330, uh, you will join Team Joe. You will be on the team. You can get involved today. Uh, and we need everyone's help. Uh, this, is, this is an incredibly important election. And we can talk more about it in a little bit. But yeah, uh, yeah I, I would encourage everyone listening to do that. I'll say it again. Just for repetition, it's a, it's ACME to 30330 um, and come on board. We need you. Yeah. I mean, check that out. If you, you know, you guys are used to entering ACME for our promo codes. I feel like this is the most important <laughs> thing. That and we didn't even, we didn't even right talk now. about this. I, I just decided we just, we didn't even coordinate that. Yeah, exactly. We're just, <laughs> we're just aligned here. I am just obsessed with my jewelry this summer. I feel like it's the only thing that keeps me feeling like I'm dressing up and looking good. Like, you know, even when I'm naked, I feel like I'm dressed up because I have jewelry on. If you get it, you get it. Anyway, uh, my favorite jewelry, which I have talked about many times, is Majuri. And that's because it is for you. You don't have to wait for anyone else to buy you jewelry. You literally just go to Majuri.com slash Acme and you just can buy your own jewelry. 
yeah, your own jewelry. Like stop waiting for someone else to jump in and do it. You are your own partner and um, you deserve it. So personally, I love the stackable rings, the horizontal engraved bar necklace. I engraved mine with my nickname, Linny. And I also have a cute little bumblebee ring from them. Um, And I just can't stop. Like, I think I'm going to also get the chunky hoop earrings and um, some beaded gemstones. But anyway, because I love you and I'm so grateful that you're a listener, I want you to have 10% off your first order. All you have to do is go to majuri.com slash Acme 10 for 10% off your first order. So M-E-J-U-R-I.com slash Acme 10 for your first order. Make sure you write Acme 10 and not Acme. I know that can be confusing. And you also get free shipping on all US and Canada orders, plus easy returns and a two-year warranty. So get your jewels and tag me when you get something. I love seeing your DMs with your new jewelry looking so good. All right, back to the episode. So something that, you know, is interesting to me is that people who are in their 20s and their 30s, like, you know, a lot of my friends, they're not super up to speed on what's going on, yet they have a position. Like, it doesn't really make sense to me. So I guess for our listeners who might be in the same boat and are not keeping up to speed with the day-to-day, where do things stand right now? Yeah, that's a great question because it can be a lot, obviously. And, you know, I think most people probably aren't following the day-to-day sort of happenings of the campaign, which is totally fine. So look, we're, we're 90 days out and uh, election day is on November 3rd and early voting for a lot of states starts um, as, as early as next month. And look, the, the way we see it and the way that um, I think, you know, Vice President Biden and the entire campaign sees it is, you know, everything is on the line in this election. You know, every, every issue, whether it's, whether it's choice, whether it's guns, whether it's healthcare, whether it's climate, you know, everything is, everything is on the line. And particularly during this crisis, particularly during, during COVID, I think, I think every election cycle, you hear the, the same sort of refrain, like this is the most consequential election of our, of our lifetimes. Like we, you know, I think it's sort of that sort of almost a cliche, but I, I would, I would argue that this time around it's, it is truly the case. I think, you know, you're looking back in 2016, you know, I think some people might've followed the election, maybe thought that Donald Trump's campaign was sort of a joke, maybe thought it would never happen. And then the thing that no one thought would happen ended up happening. And now we've had this sort of nightmare for the last four years with Donald Trump, and it has only gotten worse in this COVID crisis. And, you know, yeah. it, is, it is very much his lack of leadership, the, the fact that he has taken no concrete action to get this virus under control that, that has our country in such a tough position that we're in. And, and you really only have to look at that issue to, to understand that elections have consequences. And you know, if I could leave anyone with one message, it would be like, you know, sign up, register to vote and vote and because we need you, because we cannot right. have another four years uh, like we've had, you know, these past four years. And you know, obviously I, I feel pretty strongly about it. And, and it's, it's about COVID and it's about getting COVID under control because that is obviously what's dominating uh, the country right now, but it's also about a lot of other stuff. It's about a lot of a lot of issues that are uh, impacting young people like us, impacting families across the country. They're all things that that Vice President Biden has fought for his his whole career. So I mean, um, I would just tell folks like 
when you hear it's the most consequential election, we mean it. We're serious. It really is. We got to get involved. I couldn't agree more. And I feel like people who, you know, have remained neutral to like their followings and, you know, as like public figures, like are, are just speaking out, like, you know, even, even like Taylor Swift, like people you would not expect, you know, are, are coming out of the woodwork and it's so crazy. And I, and you mentioned how, like, you know, we thought Trump running for president was a joke. Like that couldn't have been more true for me. I was, you know, I, my roommate worked at CBS at the time and she was like very, you know, Hillary. And so we, we were like, you know, watching and, um, had already had like Hillary posters that like had already decided that, you know, we have the first woman president and like how great this is. And it's like out of nowhere that happened. And and I remember I went to bed because it, it happened at like two or 3 a.m. EST. I went to bed and like, cause I was like, I have nothing to worry about. I'm going to bed. Right. And, <laughs> right. and she woke me up in the middle of the night and was like, you're not going to, you're not going to believe this. And right. I was like, what? And she's like, Trump is right. I'm like, no way. Like, that's hilarious. That's not, that's impossible. So I agree with you. It's, it's one of exactly. the most important times. Um, in, I think a lot of people, lives. I think a lot of people probably had that exact same experience. And yeah, I think, I think, I think we're seeing, you're seeing incredible energy across the country with people being involved. And I, I think, you know, I, we're encouraged by what we're seeing because I think folks are determined not to let that happen again. And that's Vice President Biden's message is, you know, we, we cannot have another four years of the kind of failed leadership and the kind of uh, sort of erratic behavior that, um, that we see from Donald Trump. And, you know, I think, I think particularly to your point about like following the election last time, I think that all the things that we knew about Donald Trump back then, his, his, the flaws in his character, right? Like the, the fact that he doesn't listen to anybody and thinks that he knows the answer to everything. The fact that he, you know, behaves erratically, the fact that he, you know, doesn't really seem to have concrete plans or, or answers to things. Like, I think everyone knew that that was true four or five years ago. But I think the difference this time is that we've seen what that means for our country. Like, we've mm-hmm. seen what that means for this COVID crisis. We've seen what it means for, for healthcare as he's in court trying to rip away Obamacare for millions of people. We've, we've right. seen what it means for, you know, for climate getting out of the Paris Accord. Like, it, like his, the stuff that we knew about him those character flaws have translated to like actions, consequential actions that have made people's lives worse. And that is like fundamentally unacceptable. It's, it's why we're working so hard to elect Joe Biden. Whenever I get stressed, the first thing that's affected by it is my hair, because as I've told you so many times before, it's so thin and it just like, it doesn't do well on its own. It needs a little bit of help. And that's why I'm such a fan of Function of Beauty. Basically, if you haven't already heard me talk about it, Function of Beauty is a hair care and it's formulated specifically for you. So it doesn't matter your hair type. Mine is thin. Yours may be thick. Yours may be medium. Yours may be frizzy. But Function of Beauty has over 54 trillion possible ingredient combinations to make sure your formula is as unique as you are. All you have to do is take a little quiz, answer a few questions, and they come up with a formula for your hair no sulfates, parabens, any other harmful ingredients. I refuse. I used to love herbal essences. I refuse to use that shampoo or any other shampoo that has sulfates. And Function of Beauty has the 
best smelling shampoos and you get to choose your scent. I'm not just kidding. Like I'm really serious that this will change your life and your hair care as you know it. So I don't know what you're waiting for. Go to functionofbeauty.com slash Acme. Take your four-part hair profile quiz, only four parts, and save 20% off your first order by going to functionofbeauty.com slash Acme. You'll get 20% off and you can let them know that you heard about it from our show. It's functionofbeauty.com slash Acme. Check it out and excited to hear your thoughts. It's crazy because at one point, you know, years ago when, I don't know, I guess when like Georgia W. Bush was president, like a Democrat and a Republican dating was like a normal thing. You know, sometimes you didn't agree on your politics and like that was fine. But now, I mean, I I feel like people have asked me, like, should I ask them if they're a Trump supporter before our first date even? Because I won't even consider that. Like, how do you navigate dating. And like, I know you're not doing a lot of it right now, but how would you imagine that you navigate dating in this current political climate? Like you disagree. That's a great question. Um, I mean, it's hard obviously. And I mean, look, I think the fact that you are asking that question, it's, it's the right question. It's a good question is a reflection of just how toxic politics is now and how it's, and the way it's become under Donald Trump. And the way he sort of uses politics as this uh, as this tribal thing, and he he finds kind of these touchstone issues to drive people apart, and to try to find like certain things to to divide people instead of bringing people together, and that that is fundamental to Joe Biden's message, which is that has to end. Like that, this time, this politics of division, this sort of hateful rhetoric, this kind of um, kind of erratic chaos that we see every day from from Trump and like the, you know, capitalizing on these touchstones that might divide people like that is fundamentally what is wrong with our politics. And, you know, when the vice president said he was running for president, he had three messages. He, was, he said we have to restore the soul of this nation. He said we have to rebuild the middle class. But the third one was uniting the country. And, you know, I think that is still extremely relevant Today, when you when you see what's happening with COVID, when you see Trump continuing and doubling and tripling and quadrupling down on sort of sort of some of this divisive rhetoric, you've got Joe Biden who is the polar opposite of that. He's saying, no, we actually have to come together as a country. We actually like uniting and actually being one people and saying and saying with a loud and clear voice, like this is not who we are, like this is not who we stand for, what we stand for. Um, I think that's a, I think it's a super, it's a simple message, but I think it's actually incredibly powerful just given what we have dealt with. So like to your question, I I think the fact that it has gotten to this point and it has gotten so toxic that we even have to have this conversation about how do you disagree with a friend or with a, you know, potential romantic, you know, partner about politics. Like it it shouldn't be like that. It should never be like that. You can, you should have to, you should be able to disagree without being disagreeable. And that is core to who the vice president is and it's core to i think what this election is about like who we are as a country yeah yeah i love the united part because i feel like that's always like historically been our response like as americans it's like you know like the united we stand and right now we're not united and it's hard like i like forget relationships <clears throat> i have two three best friends from college who yep. are trump supporters and you know, 
it's shocking. It's like every next thing he does, I'm like, I have to do a check-in. Like, are you still a Trump supporter? Because I'm like, so, so how, well, well, tell me about that. Tell me about that. Like, how do those conversations go? I mean, it's really hard. Like, you know, with my boyfriend and I sat down with my friend and her husband who are extremely, you know, right wing. And they claim that like they don't support Trump necessarily, but that like liberals are toxic and that like, you know, we're on like a witch hunt for anyone who's not, you know, supporting Black Lives Matter and that like, you know, they have like derogatory terms to to talk about Vice President Biden and like things that don't make sense. And, you know, they listen to people like Candace Owens, who goes on and on about, you know, bullshit, excuse my language. And like they spew it back and they listen to these like right wing podcast hosts. And whereas my partner and I, we listen to the other side, too. You know, because yeah. we want to understand why in the world people believe the things that they do. Whereas it seems like my friends who are, you know, supporting the other side don't want to hear it. And yep. um, and so it was really hard. And we had like a table discussion about it. And by the end, I swear to God, like we had convinced them because we were like, OK, because their stance in the beginning was like, we are voting for Trump because we don't want the it's not even because we support Trump. It's because we don't support this like crazy, these crazy liberals. And right. by the end, we convinced them that like, if you don't support Trump, why would you vote for him? Like, why would you ever vote for someone you don't support just to like, like, it's like if your best friend and you're, I don't know, and someone else were running for like head of school or something, yep. it's like, you wouldn't just vote for, you know, the other person, you know what I'm saying? Like, just so that of your, course. your person couldn't get elected. Like, that's not a reason uh, to vote the other side. A hundred percent. And, and look, I, that is to your, I think exactly what you were saying about a lot of the message from Donald Trump is not, it, it is, it is not a positive forward looking message about the future of the country. It is a negative message about things to be afraid of or things to not to things to hate things. And that's what I mean when I talk about like, like this, the divisive sort of ways that he finds things to tear people apart. And I, that is one of the reasons I, I believe so strongly that the vice president Biden is the antidote to, to Trump because he is, he is, he is presenting a positive sort of forward looking vision for, for who we are as a country. And to your, to your other point about sort of like having these conversations, I think that, you know, one of the things that has been part of Vice President Biden's kind of message, and when back back when we used to be able to campaign um, out out in the world, he, he would say he had this refrain where he would say, you know, we're we're for we're for truth over lies, and so much of what Trump says and so much of what the Trump campaign does is just lie. Is they they just there is not a um, it's hard to have a conversation when one side does not have an agreed upon level of what the truth is. And that, that, and that, it didn't used to be that way. And I think we need to get our politics back to a place where we can, as I was saying before, we can have a rational, productive conversation about legitimate disagreements, but have it not be this toxic sort of environment where, you know, it's hate speech and it's lies and it's, uh, it's just not where we are. And, uh, you know, that, I think that is why we are working so hard for the vice president. I think when he, 
I think that is why his message resonated so much. You know, when, when he, when I was saying sort of the, those three messages, when he first started running that the idea of a, a battle for the soul of the nation, what he means by that is like who we are, like our character, like we're not for that kind of, hate. Yeah. we're not for that kind of division. Like we are, we are better than that. But as, as a people, we are better than that. And those are all the things he stands for. That's why we're working so hard for him. And, and I, I mean, I, I, I truly believe it. And I think that, I think the country is, is with us. I think we just have to, you know, we have to get, people involved we have to get people out to vote because I, I think that i think that the american people are not are not what donald trump thinks they are and and that is what we are so focused on doing is is proving that that is the case yeah and it's crazy like it took so much out of us to have that like conversation and it wasn't a fun debate how it used to be it was no. like toxic and um you know, speaking of getting people to go out and vote, like, you know, for people listening right now who were Bernie supporters and Warren supporters, like, yep, who might be saying, you know, I'm not going to vote because I don't support Biden and I don't support Trump. So I'm not going to vote. What would you say to people like that, you know, of like why they should support Vice President Biden? Uh, I would say it's all on the line. I mean, whether it's climate, whether it's healthcare, whether it's guns, whether it is choice, Every issue that is important, I, I think, to our future, to the to our, our you know our, our children's future, to, to our parents' future. I mean, this is you know another four years of Donald Trump is is frankly unacceptable. And you know one of the things that we have tried so hard to do at our campaign is to bring in some of the other supporters from other candidates uh, from the primary and and adopt some of their ideas. We've adopted some of their tactics. Today we actually launched our new our new website, some of the new features on it, and some of the new um, messaging on it was were, were things that we uh, got from from staff members who worked for other candidates during the primary or are now part of Team Joe. You know that that is what our campaign is about. It's about bringing people together. It's about it's about listening. Um, so the vice president's always been about. You know, there's that great photo of him. You know, right after a lot of the protests started. And Trump, of course, was doing his best to, you know, sort of stoke more division while these protests were happening. Vice President Biden went downtown in Delaware, wearing his mask, of course. And there's this great photo of him kneeling, uh, you know, on one on one knee, talking to one of the, the small kid that was there in downtown Delaware. It's because he's a listener. He, he he listens, right? And that's just it's it, it, it's simple, but it's like one of these things that we don't do anymore. It's like to your point about your conversation with your friends. Like, you, yeah, we we have to we have to be at a place where where we can actually have these conversations and, and part, and to get there, I think it, we have to all kind of come together right now over the next 90 days as, as one people and say that we reject what Donald Trump is putting forward. We reject that kind of politics. We, we, we are for something better. And, um, you know, we have tried to welcome as many, as many people as possible under, uh, you know, into our campaign. And, you know, I would just encourage folks to, to get involved and, and reach out and, you know, text Acme to 30330 and, and, we'll, and we'll have those conversations. Yeah. Yeah. He's definitely a listener. I actually, I don't know if you know this, but my dad, um, you know, my dad loves to get involved in, in politics and he's a big um, vice president Biden supporter. And since like the beginning, you know, I was in high school in like 2008, maybe it was, yeah, 2007. And I remember initially when he was running then, um, we had a little like fundraiser for him at my apartment in the city and he was so charming like my mom literally my mom left left the the night she was like i'm in love um he actually told my boyfriend at the time that he had a great head of hair <laughs> 
And, Excellent. And he, um, you know, I thought about messaging him the other day and being like, you know, you could potentially have been told that you have a great head of hair by the future president. The next which president is of the United States. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. He's, he's, um, he's never said that to me. So I don't, I'm, maybe that means, I don't know what his, I don't know what the, what he thinks about my hair, but um, <laughs> I, I, I will tell you, I will tell you that, um, and, and this is, goes to part of our conversation earlier, when I first sat down with him to talk to the vice president about joining the campaign, yeah. talked about a lot of things about the country and, and how, what the race was going to look like and et cetera. And I, I mentioned that my dad uh, voted for Donald Trump and was a, was a, a Trump supporter. And we talked about that and, you know, and obviously like, to your point about being able to have conversations with, with, with people like, you know, we, you might dad talk about those things and we can disagree and it's fine. And it's, you know, we, it's a totally, totally fine, acceptable thing to do. But vice president Biden at the end of the conversation said, you, you should call him. And so we, we got him on the phone. And he just wanted to, you know, have that conversation. Cause that's, that's who he is, right? Like he wants yeah. to reach out. He wants, he wants to talk to people. He wants to bring people in and bring us together and unite us. And, and, you know, when I, when I said to him, my dad is a Trump supporter, he didn't think, that, that's not for me. He didn't, he didn't, he, he didn't put him at arm's length, right? He brought him in. He wanted to call him. He wanted to talk to him. He wanted him to be part of, part of that conversation. That's, I mean, that's who he is. That's, and yeah. that's, I mean, that's why, that's why I feel so strongly about it. I have to ask, how did that conversation go? <laughs> was he, was your uh, dad convinced? Yeah, I, it was good. It, he actually, yeah, he, he offered me the job right there. He said, he said, your son doesn't know this yet, but I'm about to offer him a job. What do you think about your son working for a Democrat? My dad started to laugh. So it was, uh, it was a good conversation. <laughs> That's so funny. So were you ever a Republican? Because, you know, I had asked a poll question the other day saying, you know, yeah. do you have the same political beliefs as your, as your parents? And it was like 65% of people did. Um, and we, we poll like over 10,000 people. And so, you know, I'm just curious, like, if you were born and raised as a Republican, like when did that change for you? Was it just when you got involved and like learned more or is it just your dad and the rest of your family is like democratic? Uh, you know, I, I think, uh, I think when, when you go to college and when you sort of grow up and you start thinking on your own, I think that's for, for a lot of people. What it was for me when you start to form your own opinions and your own ideas about things, some people it's earlier, which is great. Sometimes it, it, it it's later. Um, but, you know, I think that that is, I think it's different for everybody. And I think it's important to at least be engaged and be involved. And, you know, you don't have to necessarily be involved at the level that I'm doing right now, but but just, just sort of understanding what is happening and, and sort of, you know, knowing what's what, what the future of the country looks like and, and having thoughts about that, I think is important for everybody. So, um, you know, I think, I think it's different for everybody, really. Yeah. And your dad is still a Trump supporter? Uh, my dad is voting for Vice President Biden. So yes, uh, we, we, we picked there we up go. one there, there in we Nashville. Go. Awesome. <laughs> so we have tons of women who listen to this podcast. I would say more women yeah. than men. And it's so, so important to women, um, you know, at least for me, to have my reproductive rights. And that was another that was another thing that came up with my debate with my friends is that my friend, you know, she's she's had an abortion before in her life. And, um, I know that about her. So I, I basically asked her point blank, like, how could you support someone who wouldn't have let you do that? Um, you know, your life would be much different than it is today. And so what is vice president Biden doing to protect these rights? Um, you know, as Trump wants to take everything away, essentially. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, look, I think you're right. I think, I think we have a president right now who is leading 
an assault, I mean, for lack of a better term, uh, against women's healthcare rights. And, you know, Vice President Biden is someone who believes uh, that women have a constitutional right to choose. And as president, you know, he, he will defend that right so that women can make decisions for themselves with their, with their doctor, their health care provider. He will codify Roe v. Wade into law. So it's not, not just the law of the land, from the, but it is from the legislative branch as well. He uh, will make sure women have access to contraceptives like, like he and President Obama did uh, you know, as part of Obamacare and, and, you know, during 2009 there in the White House. You know, he will appoint uh, pro-choice judges so that we can uh, make sure to, to continue upholding that important uh, Roe v. Wade precedent. And you're right, like that, that is one of the many issues at stake in this election. And, you know, it's, it's, it's no joke. And it's something Vice President, you know, feels strongly about and, and he will be there to, um, to protect. Yeah. So today it's August 5th. It's, it's a Wednesday, August 5th. And, um, you know, we talked about how the election is, you know, 90 days away. When will we find out who Vice President Biden's running mate is? And are there <laughs> any clues or hints that you could give our audience? Um, which you probably can't, but I had to ask. Uh, yeah, it's it's. I haven't been asked this at all recently. No one seems to really care who the running mate's going to be. I'm, I'm obviously kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, look, he. I'll say a couple things. One is that there's no one that knows better what it takes to be a good vice president than Joe Biden, and he is very much looking for to recreate some of that partnership he had with President Obama. You know, and and he has said. You know, he, he wants someone that he feels like can be president on day one, but that also shares his values of, of working for, 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 uh, for working families and, for, and, and a dedication to public service. And he has said he thinks there are multiple women, um, and he's, of course, committed to, to choosing a woman who, who fit that mold. So he is um, working through this very thoughtful, deliberative process. We are nearing the end of that process. Uh, I don't have any hints at this time, at this time about it but like we look forward to welcoming whoever our running mate is in uh, you know onto the campaign she is going to be we're, we're looking forward to having her on board we're looking forward to having her be just a, as powerful a, a voice um a, a, as him on a lot of these issues that i know people care a lot about so it, it's an exciting time for sure because we're, we're looking forward to having her and all that is upcoming so i would just say okay. st- stay tuned I will say, and, too. You know what the, it, and you know what the best way to, to know first is, uh, or at least know soon, is to text ACME. To text ACME. Yeah. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. Yeah. Um, Predictable. I wonder, like, obviously, you know, Obama's not going to be um, the vice president uh, with, with Vice President Biden when he's president. But can a president be a vice president, like, later in life? I'm just so curious. I never knew that. I feel like I need to Google it, but... I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Not being a constitutional scholar, I, I am not sure what the answer to that is. But uh, I'm, I, I'll, I'll tell you what, I will look into it and ask someone who does know, and I will follow up and tell you. So does that mean that you haven't seen Hamilton? Of course, I've seen Hamilton. I've seen Hamilton at least, I've seen Hamilton at least three times uh, since, <laughs> since whatever it was, July 3rd or July 4th, when it yeah, posted same. on my newly just described Disney Plus account. 
Same. Um, also, I can't believe I forgot to ask you. Um, we're big into astrology over here, and I I doubt Vice President Biden has views on astrology. But I have to ask you: um, When is your birthday? Uh, September twenty second. Oh no way! So, do you identify as a Virgo or a Libra? So I, I knew that I was on the cusp between two. I, I had forgotten which two, and so I'm I, I'm not sure about that one either. So, along with not being a constitutional scholar, I'll have to plead <laughs> ignorance on astrology as well. I, th- I think you're a Virgo. So um, that's very interesting. And then we I just have, um, yeah, let's go with it. I just have a couple more questions. So obviously we're in COVID. It's, you know, it's a shit show for lack of a better word. Um, yep. I've, like a tons of my friends who were getting married are, you know, postponing their weddings to a year from now. But we don't even know what it's going to be like in a year from now. Um, you know, assuming that uh, Vice President Biden is the president a year from now, which would be amazing. What is his approach to all of this? I mean, I can only imagine it's better than Trump's, but um, what does it look like? Yeah, Donald Trump has essentially waved the white flag and surrendered in the fight against this virus. Um, you know, I think recent reports. Uh, news reports have said he is he's bored by the issue that his advisors described him as distracted by it. And he has yet to implement any kind of coherent national response to it. So I think you know, step one is we need a national response because it's a national problem. You know, we need a coherent response on testing, which we still don't have. We need um, a national plan of contact tracing. Vice President Biden, for example, has proposed um, a job core of 100,000 people who would be dedicated to, to helping uh, implement such a contact tracing plan. You know, we need to make sure that hospitals and healthcare providers have PPE. That, I mean, the fact that, you know, we have known about this virus, you know, early, earlier, early in the year, January, and we are still having hospitals around the country having PPE, you know, personal protective equipment uh, issues uh, is completely inexcusable. Um, and that, that's on Donald Trump. And, you know, the, the fastest way to get the economy back, the fastest way to, like, get our lives back to normal is by getting the virus under control. And so I, that's going to be that is going to be job one for a President Biden, which is to to step in and to do all of these things that Donald Trump has failed to do to actually, you know, control this pandemic. And, and I think I think, you know, Vice President Biden, I think, is is uniquely qualified, uniquely situated to be the president we need in this moment, not just because of his experience, which of course he has a lot of having been in the Senate for a long time and as the vice president, um, but because of his character. I mean, we are essentially, we are grieving as a country. Like this is, this is sort of the hardest national period of struggle that we've ever gone through. And we need a president who can sort of help us navigate through this incredibly dark time to the light on the other side. And Vice President Biden is someone who has had to do that himself in his own life, you know, having lost his wife and his his daughter early on in his Senate career when he was only 29, um, and then lost losing his son, you know, Bo a little while back. I mean, he he knows what it takes to sort of like lift yourself up and like sort of power through super difficult times. And uh, you know, I think that for for the country. We need someone like that. We need someone who not, cannot just do the job because he has the experience and knows what to do to make government work, can actually be that sort of emotional leader to power us through to the other side. So look, yeah. I, I mean, I think that you know, 
there are lots of reasons why this is the most consequential, most critical election of our lifetime. But I think, I think that is that is number one right now. We 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 sort of need that. Um, we need that experience, and we need that emotional kind of compassionate leadership um, yeah. in this moment. Speaking of emotional and compassionate, um, you know, I know you don't talk about it necessarily, but um, I read uh, that you were diagnosed with cancer and I'm so sorry to hear that. And I don't know, you know, the pain that you're in or not in, I I don't know. I don't really know enough about cancer. I'm watching Lennox Hill on, on a Netflix (laughs) to try to learn a little bit more, but um, you know, what was that journey for you? And I'm, I'm sure that vice president Biden was extremely understanding, but um, you know, are you, do you feel like you're okay to continue to, to work? And like, how, how has it affected your life? Yeah, well, I feel good. So I'll say that first. Um, good. You know, I, I am diagnosed with lung cancer in December, but, uh, you know, I'm on a treatment and sort of like a targeted therapy where, you know, I, I take pills twice a day and it has been pretty successful and everything is in remission and I feel great. Uh, and it's, it's working. And so I'm going to, I'm going to keep doing it <laughs> and, and hope that it continues to work. But like, I, I think that, you know, I think this campaign and, and it sort of happening, never a good time for something like this to happen. And it, it's obviously, um, it, it's obviously hard, but I, you know, I, I can't really say enough about, you know, obviously I, I'm lucky to have a great family that was there for me. I'm lucky to have very good friends who, who continue to be there for me every day during all this, but being on the campaign too was, was critical. Just having an incredible team around me to be supportive. Um, but also having this, this task in front of us, you know, and, and having this campaign be a way to find purpose to focus on and feel like I am doing something. Um, it's going to make the world a better place. Like uh, we have, we're all doing it together. And, uh, you know, particularly in the, sort of anxious moments that, um, you know, you let your mind wander, it, having something that you're doing that is, that is larger than yourself, having that purpose is critical. And, you know, but obviously, but as I was saying before, you know, Vice President Biden lost his, his oldest son, Bo, to, to cancer. And, and he said after that in the White House and, and his work after the White House, he was going to, he was going to dedicate you know, the rest of his life to to doing everything he, we can to end cancer as we know it. So I'm, you know, I'm pretty proud of that. I'm pretty proud to be working for the guy that is going to get elected and, 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 and going to do that. So, uh, you know, it's, you're, you're nice to ask about it. I, I, I'm feeling good. And it's, um, the best thing that folks could do for me right now. And people ask how I'm doing, I say, I'm great. Have you registered to vote? Because we right. have an election and you should vote this fall and you should vote for Joe Biden. That's, that's the best thing folks can do for me right now. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, you are incredible. It's like, it makes me think of people who, don't even work. And they're like, Oh, I've had such a stressful day. And it's like, well, you know, you could be running an entire campaign and have cancer. So. Um, uh, well, I'm not, not awesome. the whole campaign. I'm just, you know, I'm just, I'm just one yeah. person, but yeah. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Um, okay, cool. So we usually end our episodes with like this fun, um, rapid fire question. And then, um, okay. I would, we end on like a quote or piece of advice. And I have a feeling that I know yours might have to do with voting. So we'll go into this. Um, Just a few questions today. 
deal breakers. Would it be a deal breaker to you if, and this is actually, I had this question before you told me about your dad. Um, so it's interesting, but would it be a deal breaker to you if your significant others, parents were Trump supporters? Uh, look, I don't think anything's a, a deal breaker. I think every situation is unique and you, you should approach every situation with a, with an open mind because it, it, I think it's tough to, to go through life having that kind, that kind of perspective on things. So I, I I guess my my rapid fire answer would be uh, uh, you know no no deal breakers um, across the board. Okay, <laughs> love it. And um, deal breaker, yes or no? If they don't know anything about politics, like maybe it would be refreshing. I don't know. Well, I will tell you that I mean one of the things one of the last things I want to do at the end of the day these days is to talk about politics. I, I literally will want to talk about anything else on the planet uh, than than politics. So. Um, I don't know if it's a deal breaker. I think I think everyone should be a little bit engaged and informed about what's going on. But I am eager these days to uh, get wrapped up in other people's drama or whatever, so that I can talk about something uh, at the end of the day that is not that it is <laughs> not my job. Which, of course, uh, there's not a lot of time for that. But it's it's uh, it's good to you know it's good to take some time off sometimes. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, but you know, <laughs> it would be kind of cra- they'd be living under a rock if they knew nothing. And TJ, what's a quote or piece of advice that you could leave with our listeners today? Uh, I'll, I'll make it my fifth time. But I'll say it. Acme 30330. Get involved in the campaign. Get ready to vote. This is, this is on us this, this fall. We all have to show up. We all have to turn out. This is our future. And it's, um, you know, there's, there's really no excuse this time. We, gotta, we all got to do it together. And I think if we, I think if we do, I think we, will, I think we will win. I think Joe Biden will be the president. And I think we'll be looking at a much different country this, this time next year. I hope so. And is there any way that people could get in touch with you directly, maybe if they want a, a date or to pick your brain career advice? You never know. Yeah, I'm, I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. Uh, TJ Duckwell, you'll find me. Awesome. Should we do the Acme thing one more time? Uh, I don't know, six times. Acme 30330. Awesome. Six Thank you so much, TJ. You are the yeah, best. You- and um, I think this has really been super informative to people. So thank you again. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. This was fun. All right. Bye. So TJ and I got to catch up after the announcement of the vice pres and um, how it will or it is Kamala Harris. And so I'm so excited about this. What is your team thinking? Um, Was this the choice from the beginning? Are you guys so excited? Tell us everything. Yeah. Um, Well, I'm glad we got to do this and catch up. Um, Like it's been quite a week uh, and we feel incredibly good about it. You know, Senator Harris um, is a historic pick and uh, she is, I mean, we are getting an incredible leader uh, who is joining this campaign. Um, and as you and I talked about last time, the vice president said that he wanted two things when he was sort of going into this process. It was all about someone with the experience to be president on day one, um, you know, and someone who could be a governing partner, someone who could be simpatico with him like he was with Barack Obama. And there is, I mean, there's no doubt, as we've already seen from Senator Harris, that like she is ready on day one. She has, you know, she was elected three times uh, from the, the largest state in the country. You know, she led one of the biggest legal operations when she was attorney general uh, of California. You know, she, she took on the, the ban on gay marriage uh, in California and helped change that law. But, you know, to the, the second point I was making about sort of 
you know, her, her relationship with the vice president and sort of being that partner, you know, she, she got to know vice president Biden's son, Bo, um, when Bo was the attorney general of Delaware. And when, when Senator Harris was attorney general of California, but before Bo passed away. Um, and so she got to know Joe Biden through that. And, and they have a, they have an incredibly strong personal yeah. relationship. And, you know, that is, that's what he wants. And, and you've already seen it. You know, you've already, you know, they're, they're on the cover of People Magazine right now with this like awesome photo with the yeah, two of them in masks. Uh, the, the, the VP's got like great, his great sock game going. Uh, uh, and and, and the, the two of them together, that's, that's, the, that's sort of the mm-hmm. future. It, that's what we, that's what we're excited about. You know, we're excited uh, to hear from her this week at the convention. Um, and and she, has, she has already been just a huge addition um, to the campaign. We raised $50 million in the first two, two days when she was uh, wow. announced. Um, so the, the, the momentum is happening um, and, and we are just, um, we're just thrilled to have Senator Harris on board.